I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey, y'all, shut the fuck up. This is another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. We're two friends sitting in front of microphones and talk about the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. My name's Jordan Ferguson. On the other line, not keeping her damn mouth shut, lounging in the satellite branch, it's your girl, Kayla McKinnon. Hey, yeah, you know what, Jordan? You shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is a real nice companion piece to where we left off last week. Friends, this is episode... 229? 229? <laughs> you were asking the wrong person. We're going to go with that. It's episode 229 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 228 episodes, go and look us up wherever you get your audio content. Hit follow or subscribe, and henceforth, new episodes of this device will be brought to you on the back of a rainbow maned alicorn named Philip by your man's. Chauncey Frostilic is the third Geek Down Internet Elf. Oh my god, girl, he's just going to deliver new episodes of this program directly into your device. You don't have to do anything else. And have you looked outside today? You don't want to do anything else. If you are in the uh, southern Ontario region, it has just dumped snow at your front door. Polar Vortex be here, y'all. It is time. It has arrived. Cape forewarned us of this like, I did. like three weeks ago. I it's, did. It's here now. You know why I know these things? Hmm. Because of the farmer's almanac. Farmer's almanac. Why did why 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 even why did even open it? Why did even give her the opening? I knew where it was going. I knew where she was going to close also, it. Also, it also it is episode two twenty nine. Hey, thanks, friends. You want to let us know your favorite snowy hibernate and not leaving the house activities? You head on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That's where the show hangs out. Let us know how you're keeping warm, passing the time, because it's not just snowy season. It's also lockdown, state of emergency, number six, eight, I don't know, whatever one we're in. Don't stay the fuck home. That's the issue. Stay the home. Stay the fuck home. We're actually showing a decrease in cases this week so far, but. Yeah, like significant. And you want to know why? Because you stayed the fucking home. Yeah, that's why. Imagine that. I'd like to go to a coffee shop before 2022. You know, that would be nice. With indoor seating. Probably. Probably not going to happen. Motherfucker. God damn it, Caitlin. <sighs> Just speaking the truth out here. Well, if you want to speak a certain type of truth, if you're too truthy for Twitter, you can head on over to Facebook, because apparently that's back like it left something. Kicking the door. <laughs> your girl- sometimes, it's, sometimes it's nice to hang out with the old people doing their scratch tickets and debating old hockey games. I don't know. Old hockey games. That's what old people do, right? I don't, I don't even debate Bobby Orr. Little Bobby, yeah, Bobby Orr is very on brand because didn't he go mad, MAGA Trumpy, yeah. on recently? Very upsetting. Kill all your heroes. <laughs> that's that's the point. Uh, if you want to support this program financially, then don't. Don't. You can buy us a coffee, three bucks, ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. If you just have too much money, if you're not commuting and just those those loonies are piling up because you're not dumping them into the token box i mean go you can toss them our, our way that's cool i guess yeah gotta pay for hosting eventually so i mean <laughs> we'll take care of it that way but otherwise save yo money kate yes jordan any, any life updates to catch us up on so my mother uh is writing a novel and she has been long-listed what she's been lo- she's been long listed uh, for an award. Which, if people don't know the process of long listing, it can be an incredibly long list. And she understands this. She's not like I'm definitely going to make it to the short list. No, she understands. But you know, it's a good experience and all that. But in the book, she needed some help with. There are some teenagers, and she's like, I just don't want to come off cringy. Um, and there were a couple passages where I literally had to ask a 21 year old because I didn't know. And if that doesn't make you feel old, nothing will <laughs> literally being like, do people leave messages on people's TikTok? Wow. Like, how does that work? Do people still ever use Facebook 
or is it like constant? Do they text like through Instagram? Oh no, yeah, like, it's it's DMs or WhatsApp or Signal or. Well, no. Apparently, they use Facebook Messenger all the time. The kids, but they don't. Yeah, I but don't. they don't. They don't uh, post anything on Facebook. I don't believe you. Well, apparently, find me some teenagers. Apparently. Teenagers, I've seen our Spotify demos. I know none of you are listening to this, but. Yeah, they are not our demographic. Oh, you old farts, go out and bring me a teenager so I can ask them. <laughs> Catch one. <laughs> Throw. Catch one. They're, they're not wearing proper shoes. You can always tell. They're just wearing runners. It's like six feet of snow, and they don't have a hat. <laughs> they do not have a hat. Also, they're probably like coming back from Costa Rica or something. The amount of fucking people who are still out there traveling, you influencer fucks. Anyway. We're still trying to keep it light today, friends. Light and tight. We are we are recording later in the week than we normally would. I would like to turn this around uh, fairly quickly because, y'all, I got to tell you, having a couple extra days in the, like, cadence of my week where, like, I didn't do this podcast or edit this podcast kind of frees up a lot of intellectual energy. I love this podcast, but it's a lot of work, y'all. Hey, anything <laughs> that can make it easier. Hey, as people should know, Jordan does all the editing. It is everything. I just show up. And sometimes I don't even show up. <laughs> sometimes you don't. Sometimes I'm on drugs. Well, no, those are the best episodes. I prefer, I prefer, <laughs> we're, I'm, I'm disappointed she's not on drugs today, actually. But in an uh, effort to keep it moving, we'll move on to news. Uh, I have, do I have, what do I have written down here? Um, right, that was interesting. Not really to me, possibly to you, Caitlin McKinnon. Uh, mm-hmm. The Tomb Raider franchise yeah. has a new guiding force. Yes. Misha Green, showrunner of Lovecraft Country, coming on board to the Tomb Raider franchise as the writer and as well director, I believe, of the next Vera Formiga Tomb Raider installment. Yeah. Does that fill you with excitement? It does. I, okay, I was not a Tomb Raider fan from, you know, ye olden days. Um, you know, when Laura Croft was all angles <clears throat> and wore booty shorts. Yeah. Um, but the newer games, I played the, uh, I think it was Rise of the Tomb Raider or something. Um, and it was so good. It had this weird balance between fun and action and puzzles and also like horror and this like weird dread feeling that just like permeated the entire game um which is very so it sounds hard to do like misha green is probably a good choice here yeah um and then the the movie came out and it was okay like a lot of it was based off the game and they were trying to do these weird shots that were like 3d but like game inspired that didn't really work and I was like, nah. Um, but I did like, uh, I can't remember, Vikander, I think that's her last name. I did like the actress, like that was fine. Um, I really, it does need a really strong guiding force, I think, to, to really make the sequel a home run. So when I heard that she was helming it, I was very excited. Other fun movie news from my end of the uh, cinematic spectrum, if you will. For someone who has really never watched one of these movies from beginning to end, oh my god, I love a Godzilla trailer, Kayla. I love them so much. That trailer for Godzilla v. Kong came out, and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then, like, some dubstep rap song started playing, and King Kong fucking cold cocked Godzilla in the face, and I was like, this is it, this is it, this is everything. Does that take Jesus? I'm ready. Take me now. This is it. <laughs> take the wheel. <sighs> F- followed up later on when the motherfucking gorilla had uh like some sort of axe that he was like reflecting Godzilla's napalm breath back in his face before he was about to smack him with that too. And I'm like, man, I mean, Godzilla's my bias, but I ain't fucking around. Kong's pull. Kong's on fire. He's on fire like a cold and hot flame. So, I mean, I don't know when that comes out. That's going to be some HBO Max shit. Didn't we say last week that was going to move up to, like, March or something? I don't know. <laughs> Caitlin doesn't care. Maybe I'll actually watch King of the Monsters. Although, I've read a wiki synopsis, and there are some undersea travel in that movie that I am not going to be about. I'll tell you that. 
Yeah. I saw something about a whale yesterday and I was no, like, oh no. No, <laughs> we are not going to, uh, what the fuck was it? Something on Complex? Complex? The like magazine lifestyle brand Instagram account has a real like weird fascination with whales and shit sometimes. So like I'll be scrolling through my Instagram and then suddenly it's like so close you could you could see its eye and it's like fucking like a humpback just like breaching. I'm like, you no, better burn, God, kill, please, kill it with no, fire. Just burn no. it. Send it back down to the black depths. Um, <laughs> we don't want there it There was here. there was an old like it must have been from the early eighties, I think, a video of maybe earlier, a video of them trying to it was a beached whale that it, it died, and they thought the best way to get rid of this giant whale body to blow it up. was yeah. to stick dynamite. Yeah, it's like this famous story in like Seattle or Portland or something. Yeah, yeah. and then everyone had fucking whale guts on them. Yeah, and they're like, "This was," and like a giant chunk of whale crushed some dude's car. It was amazing. I was like, "Revenge of the fucking whale." I mean, generally, I'm pro dynamite and whales. It's just as a policy, but. <laughs> Uh, but you don't want whale guts on you. No. Oh, the smell. No, no, no. Oh, oh, God. Uh, <sighs> I just can't believe like that was their that was their ingenious plan. Let's blow it up. Uh, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> Listen, Kate. Like we said about Yellowstone, you got a problem? Make go boom. Like river go yeah. boom, whale go boom. It's all. It's all good. It's all the. Pro- it's all you need. Uh, <sighs> moving on to an one other item from Japan that I saw in my travels this morning that I thought was interesting was I don't know if we can say as a broad policy on this show that we have complicated feelings about copyright. I do. I don't know how how Caitlin feels about it. Caitlin's probably a little more forgiving of stringent copyright laws than I am. Yep. As someone who loves, you know, mashup and remixes and all that musical mashups, not art mashups. Get it straight. (laughs) Wow. I like sitting no, because people are going to come back and be like, you, one of the first things you ever say is you hate mashups. I do. Don't put like fucking Luke Skywalker in Akira and call it high art. But sampling, chopping, you know, the sample laws ruin hip hop. I don't think I'm, that, that's my old fart take of the day. Uh, <laughs> I should get a sting for that. <laughs> the old, the old fart take of the day. That's my take. Is that a ru- is that a ruined hip hop? When people had to start paying for samples, they stopped wanting to sample, and that's how you get every rap song since like 2008 sounding the same. Um, but this story that came out of Japan um, today, actually, of the Japanese government is considering investigating whether or not income that cosplayers earn qualifies as copyright infringement. Whoa! Or that cosplaying, Whoa. cosplaying in general infringes on copyrights. What? That's from where I'm sitting, kind of a dangerous precedent. I don't like that. Oh no! Friends, if we're talking Greek to you right now, I don't know how you could listen to this show and not be familiar with the practice of cosplaying, but maybe you are. Um, cosplaying is the act of dressing getting to dress up like Halloween every single day. <laughs> Playing in costumes. It involves, you know, basically oftentimes fabricating, um, manufacturing. In some cases, if you're professional, very elaborate costumes of characters based from comics, sci-fi, anime, you have it. Sometimes you can make your money doing how-tos on YouTube or selling portraits or your Patreon or your OnlyFans or selling the costumes you make later or appearances at conventions or events or things like that. But I mean, if you're dressing up as Nezuko from Demon Slayer, does the dude who created Nezuko deserve a cut of your income? I don't know. Seems sus to me. Don't like it. God. I say this as someone who uh, has yet to find the one copyrighted thing he produced out there in the well, but would probably be delighted if I found it. <laughs> if people cared enough to pirate my shit, I'd probably be low-key delighted. So nothing is really coming of this yet. It's just something that got thrown out. Uh, this is via the Anime News Network from the Nikon Sports newspaper reporting on Saturday that the Japanese government is considering rules that will allow copyright holders to regulate cosplayers for income earned from cosplay activity. 
Um, while cosplayers who do not earn money from their activity are not violating laws, those who do have an income from cosplaying may be seen as violating copyright law. Um, the report noted that the government is currently investigating the issue, seeking opinions from copyright holders and cosplayers, but there is no proposed legislation as of yet. This is how you get conservatives. <laughs> <laughs> this is how this is how you turn the nerds into small government conservatives. Oh my god! Yeah, weird, weird story. And I mean, it's a similar so type of weird. thing where, like, you know, where you look at, like, we were just talking about mashups. When you look at like. T-Fury or Redbubble or anything like that um, where they're just essentially throwing fan art on a t-shirt and selling it or you see this at like artist alleys and they try they've been moves what? in recent years to try and like police artist alleys yeah yeah no from from the first con I did they were very strict about it mm. last time I was at yeah. Anime North it was open season I didn't say, I rarely saw, rarely saw anything that was not, you know, from a established property, but it's, it's interesting. I don't, on the one hand, from an artist perspective, if it nudges people into not just relying on fan art, you know, I have a complicated relationship with fan art. I like to see new, like see new things. If it nudges people towards that, that's good. But at the other hand, it feels gross. <laughs> yeah. For lack of a better I'm phrase. actually just very like, what? <laughs> Evil, like, man in some sort of, like, cave hey, 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 how, came up. What? How you know it was a man? <laughs> It was, it was, a, of course it was a man. You, you, he knows the face I'm making at him right now, too. <laughs> obviously he a man. absolutely knows. Um, yeah, what villain basically came up with that? I don't know. I hope it doesn't get any traction. Like, they're at least consulting with actual cosplayers who have, like, you know, made this their career and would have a financial stake in sort of preserving the way things are. Um, hopefully those cosplayers can you know, express their position, um, in a suitable fashion. But yeah, that'll be interesting to keep an eye out going forward. And Lord, yeah. let's hope it gains no traction on this continent. <laughs> be bad. I mean, they are making the distinction that if you're not making any money off of it, then that's fine. They're not saying that like, you can't like, you know, dress, go to, Anime North or Fan Expo dressed up as your favorite character. Like nobody's nobody's saying that. I think they're saying if you do a photo shoot and sell photos of yourself as this character, then maybe that's more sus, which I still don't like, but the argument holds a little more water for me, I guess. I don't like it, but if you're going to leave people just doing it for the love of the game alone, then that's... But I mean, the people who are doing it professionally are loving the game more than the people who aren't, so... Yeah. <laughs> you know? Anyway, that's the news of the day that I could find. Kate says she's got fantastic updates. So let's get, I do. Let's get into those. Um, I'm going to start with movies because fantastic. Um, I watched Palm Springs. Oh, how was that? Uh, Groundhog Day was better. <laughs> um, but they'd had some really, really, like, good laugh-out-loud bits. Um... That was good. Uh, Master and Commander. Like Russell Crowe on a boat? Yep. So good. Oh, my goodness. Was not expecting. But just... The, it's really nice when you go from something like Bridgerton that's like, fuck your historical ac accuracy to something that's like... Like, no. It's all historical accuracy. It's very well done. And so, like, like action-packed... For a movie about some guys on a boat? I was very surprised. Um, speaking of action-packed, uh, also National Treasure. For God's sake. <laughs> okay. This is what happened. Why? <laughs> See, what had happened was... So what had happened was, we couldn't figure out what to watch. And we wanted something silly, but I'm pretty sure uh, senior correspondent Chris did not want to watch The Mummy again. <laughs> So I was like, what about National Treasure? And he was like, yeah, I haven't seen that in ages. And it was a delight. 
And there are some decisions that What's-His-Face makes that, that I, I don't really understand. That would be Nicolas Cage. Yes, Nicolas Cage. Like, why would the director let him get away with that? <laughs> or who thought that was a good idea? He has an Academy Award. How dare you? <laughs> anyway, so that was movies. And then there was television. So I watched both Droids, the 80s cartoon, which was very hard to watch. But C-3PO is on fire in those. Um, and also Lego Star Wars droids, mm-hmm. Thor Tales, rather. Um, much better. Uh, both super, like, chill things you can just have in the background. Um, and because uh, I need some sort of crime drama to keep me calm as a person, <laughs> um, I started watching Vera. Thank you, British television. Don't even know what that is. It is about a detective, and her name is Vera, and she's from the northeast of England, and she wears a bucket hat and a very comfortable coat and shoes. We are very pro-bucket hat as a podcast. Yes, we are. And... uh, so your correspondent, Chris and I, speaking of, sorry, speaking of cosplayers, we decided I could do an excellent Vera cosplay. Jesus. Yeah, I definitely have a coat. <laughs> like the one she wears. You have a coat. And she wears no, scarves. You, you have a coat, do you? Yeah. And she wears like, she's just, she's always terribly dressed. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And it's fantastic. They have a little, you know, they have the good old-fashioned detective work, and they bring forensics into it, and they change things up enough that I can't tell who's done it from the beginning, uh, which is a problem with a lot of crime shows, um, because I've watched all of them. So, yeah, good times. Thank you, BritBox. (laughs) Those are my excellent updates, yeah. Those are my excellent updates. Well, before I move on to my actual updates... Yeah. We have some recos for Katie Mac. Oh yeah, that's right. I have post notes. I got a pen. Let's do this. Now you may already you may already know about this, but a uh, friend of mine and uh, co-author of a project that maybe I'll get to talk about one day before I die, um, who I didn't even think still listen to the program anymore. But uh, thanks, Jessica. Um, sent a couple recommendations for you based on things you talked about in last week's episode. I'm very excited. Regarding your conversation on the body farm, who remembers yeah. the body farm, uh, there was a suggestion or recommendation of uh, author and mortician Caitlin Doughty's YouTube channel. Oh. Are you familiar with her or her work? Oh. I knew her from books that she'd written before. She's a mortician and she's written about death and the process of undertaking and things of that sort. Um and the only video I had time to watch was um, on what what the worst way to die is, or what would be would be the worst way to die because I think she talks a lot in other videos about the notion of the good death. So there's been she had a lot of chat about on that episode about what the people were asking what the worst way to die would be. Yeah. Um, and just you know, talking frankly about. That, not really my jam, not something I want to spend a lot of time with, but I mean, for you. <laughs> oh, oh, she spells her name properly. <laughs> also, she makes mention in that of, she has a, like, Ask a Mortician, like, her thing. Her thing's called Ask a Mortician. She also said she did a joint panel once with somebody, it was Ask a Mortician slash Ask a Medical Examiner, and I don't remember her name, but you may want to do some extra credit and see if she's got a YouTube channel as well. Oh. So I feel like Ask a Medical Examiner is probably, whew. You're never going to see Caitlin again. Bog body murder mystery. Okay. That's not, that's not the, that's not the highlight. That's not the marquee. That's not the headline. I'm saving the headline. You work from bottom up, Caitlin, to the main event. Okay. Caitlin, do you know who Bernadette Banner is? No. Bernadette Banner is a historian and a costumer with specifically a focus on pre-World War One fashion and costuming. Now, oh, wait. No, no, no. I know her. 
she lives in New York. Yes. Has done some work on Broadway as well, apparently. I don't know. She doesn't go. I tried looking up on, like, her CV, but I couldn't find a lot of, like, credits or anything. Frankly, I don't know how she makes her money, but. YouTube. <laughs> I guess. Um, possibly selling uh, bespoke costumes as well. Um, she does her, that work is like, she does it all by hand using original like materials and techniques. She does not like, (laughs) she doesn't get along with tech. So like even like a sewing machine is not her jam. Mm -hmm. So obviously all of her costumes take a long time to do. So in her downtime, when she's not doing that, she evaluates and rates the costuming from period dramas. Yeah. (laughs) And I can think of nothing Caitlin McKinnon will probably like more than watching this woman evaluate on a scale of they tried to chef's kiss many of the major um, historical dramas and films and TV series from 2020. Little Women did not go well. Oh, yeah, no. She apparently has a whole <laughs> you got a whole dedicated video to Little Women, which may be amusing at some point. Production-wise, I thought her videos were better than uh, Caitlin Dowdy, just from a, like... You know, visual, aesthetic side of things. They were a little better produced, a little snappier, even if the subject matter was somewhat snoozy from for me. She's much, she felt a little more natural on camera. Um, and if that's your jam, you want to talk about seams and silhouettes? Yeah. <laughs> she had a subcategory for these called blasphemous hair and makeup, where the costuming was fine, but the makeup was just oof. Yeah. It's... You, you're going to while away a Saturday with this woman. I'll tell you that much. So thank you, Jessica. We will follow up uh, later in subsequent weeks to see if Katie Mack spent any time with these and how she enjoyed them. As far as my own updates. Um, hmm. So someone cute informed me recently that, that she had been revisiting classic Saturday night live recurring sketch. What's up with that? Okay. This is a recurring, if you're unfamiliar, this is a recurring sketch featuring uh, Keenan Thompson as the host of a like church adjacent current affairs show. But from reading an article <laughs> with Keenan Thompson and Rolling Stone, apparently the initial jam was just like he's a guy who hosts a show and is obsessed with his own theme song. <laughs> and that's how it started. And the joke of the show is that the show never happens because he keeps bursting into the theme song, which is just ooey, what's up with that? What's up with that? Uh, Amazing. And has also the recurring uh, bit of Bill Hader playing Fleetwood Mac guitarist Lindsey Buckingham, who never gets to speak. Um, He's on every episode. Anyway, I started there and I watched all of these. Unfortunately, Robin Williams is in one of them, which can be a real downer. Yeah. When you come across, like, oh, man, we will miss that man till the day we leave this earth. Um, But I started there and apparently I was of the understanding that in Canada – most of the SNL YouTube channel was like behind country locks. Right. Like every time I tried to watch anything SNL, I was like, Oh, this uploader has not made that available in your country. I was wrong. Apparently. (laughs) So a big bulk of my week was like, Oh, where's that SNL game shows (laughs) playlist. Ooh. Let me just watch every SNL game show. (laughs) Which one was your favorite? (sighs) Meet your future wife is pretty. It's that pretty was hard so to, good. Or meet your meet your second wife. It's pretty hard to pretty hard to top. Um, this isn't even including like like Black Jeopardy wasn't even on there. Like Black Jeopardy is pretty. Oh, that's yeah. Pretty top. Pretty like all time. Um, shit. There was another one. Um, I like the one. Um, why is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch hot? <laughs> they did not include that one in the playlist. They oh, did include one where it's clearly the match game, but there's been a murder. <laughs> The host has been murdered, and it's Bill Hader as a detective trying to get answers out of all of these, like, gin-soaked, like, 60s C-list entertainers, including Shia LaBeouf as, like, clearly riffing on that mustachioed 70s uh, magician. You know, you've seen the gif of Shia LaBeouf with long hair yes. and a mustache making, like, a magic yeah. sign? Like, that's that's from that sketch. That's pretty good. Uh, last night, I was going through all of the um, Kenan Thompson as, what the hell's his name? Lorenzo McIntosh. The felon who tries to scare kids straight, but all of his, like, examples are just plots from movies. <laughs> anyway, that'll kill a big chunk of your of your week if you're just like, you know what? I've done work for the day, and I'm just going to chill out and just let, let, this, let these SNLs just roll over me. 
Um, also spent some time returning to Midnight Diner. I called it out when I discovered the old seasons were on Netflix, but I had not gone back to it. I'm now into the third season. Um, it's just it's so complicated. It's just still so complicated. Oh, I can only imagine. I love it so much. Um, as well, not so much an update as just a statement of intent. We will recall during the lockdown episodes, which we're still in. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, I just consider the, the 199 experiment as like the lockdown episodes. We're still in lockdown. <laughs> we just, we're in legacy numbering now. Yep. But sometime around maybe 199D, I said I was going to take the lockdown to finish a book I bought probably in 2001 at a bookstore that does not exist in Toronto anymore by a Japanese author named Ryu Murakami, and that book was Coin Locker Babies. And I think I said at the time, it wasn't that great. It was basically like, you know, the Japanese version of Fight Club. Just a lot of like yeah. shock, shock for shock's sake. I never finished that book, Caitlin. <laughs> I never did. Still got about just over half to go. Actually? And- and friends, I am not working much this week because lockdown continues. Hours at major Canadian retailer are a little slow. Your boy is not needed around the building as much as he has been previously. I am finishing Coin Locker <gasps> Babies this week, Caitlin. Oh my gosh. I'm doing I feel it. like you need like a fanfare and there needs to be a f- uh, confetti cannon. God. And like, Maybe Chauncey will finally text you. <laughs> like it's it's only like 390 pages long like but the print is so small you can do it i believe in you god it's gonna happen though because i have too many other books i want to read and i refuse to be beaten by a book i've only been beaten by one book in my life it was 2666 by roberto bolaño it's the worst Um... summer of my life i said no (laughs) no i've had enough um, there, I think there's only one book I haven't read and it was something I picked up on the Isle of Call in like a reuse bin. Oh, how could it possibly be bad? And <laughs> I couldn't finish it. It was like a romance novel and I thought it was, I thought it was like a historical novel, but it wasn't. It was just a bad romance novel. Can't even remember what it's called, but it haunts me. Like, I can just tell I'm entering a segment of this book where it's not going to matter. Like, one of the boys is in jail now, and we're just going to, like... It's like they're going to try to get him to run in some prisoner field day type of thing. And it's like, why? Why are we here? Why are we doing this? Why am I going to... Oh, but I won't... You won't maybe, de- maybe it'll all go crazy. Maybe aliens will come. I'm pretty sure one of the last out. things I read had a uh, alligator that one character kept as a pet, like explode, on, get run over and explode on the freeway. So, I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff we're talking about with this book. And again, I think I also say reading this book, it really encourages me to just write more because this dude just did not care. Yeah. And I mean, you can do that. I could just not care. You're not, you don't care about lots of things. That's true. I should not care more about writing stuff. Anyway, friends, I'll be with you. I'll catch up with you next week to let you know how uh, my ongoing war with Coin Locker Babies is progressing. And friends, 13 seconds to go. <gasps> That's the front half of the show, y'all. <gasps> pew, 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 pew. When we come back, continuing our month of looking at things that everyone else is watching but us, although we are actually watching the same thing everyone else is watching this time out. Because it just crossed the rule of three threshold last week. Mm -hmm. So when we come back, we're going to get into that sweet manna from the Marvel desert that y'all have been craving (laughs) for the last year and a half or whatever it was. Your man's was just like basking. (laughs) The second that Marvel title card hit up again, I was like, oh, more of this. But we're going to get into WandaVision when we come back from this break. This is the part of the show where we usually talk about things we brought each other, but because you're trying to be relevant, (laughs) (laughs) that's new. Uh, uh, We are watching things that other people are watching. We think a few of you might be watching this program. 
same rule of three, which is if the thing comes in parts, we will watch three of them so the thing gets a chance to become the thing it's trying to become. That's all there is. Yeah, there's only three parts of this so far. So we are just like on top of it. Uh, The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is, sorry, that is the rule that states we will not talk about the show or the thing that we took a look at before we are sitting in front of these microphones because we want our audience to have the freshest of takes. It's cold. It's wet. It's snowy. You do not want a stale, flaccid take. You want a puffy, warm, delicious, pillowy, soft, fresh take. You want a wife cake. Huh? It's a Chinese thing. It's called a wife cake, and I want one. All right. That's what you want. Get at her, China. With these wife or don't. With these wife cakes. <laughs> the final rule, which is not a rule, it is just a god darn policy, <laughs> is that there will be spoilers. So, if you're like, oh no, spoilers, <laughs> I haven't watched this thing. Oh, you know what? Girl, bye. Get the fuck out. Get. But the like fuck really nicely though, because because appreciate you hanging out, and we do appreciate that some people are like, ah, oh, spoilers, but you're kind of being whiny about it, and it's putting off our mood. You are not gonna put off my mood. We don't like your vibes. <laughs> vibes up, vibes up for spoilers. <laughs> and without further ado. Hey, y'all, it's WandaVision. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I have the information about it because Jordan yelled at me to get it. So the premise is that after the events of Avengers Endgame 2019, Wanda Maximoff and Vision are living an idyllic suburban life in the town of Westview, trying to conceal their powers. As they begin to enter new decades and encounter television tropes, the couple suspects things are not as they seem. Slightly more complicated than that. Yes, but that's the gist. That is the gist. If you were going uh, to watch this, you saw the trailers, you saw the setup, you saw the things we were playing with here. Yes. You know what we're talking about. Yes. So Wanda Maximoff, of course, plays the Scarlet Witch. Um, yes, Wanda Maximoff does play the Scarlet Witch. I mean, who's, is the, the, who's the actress? Witch? Who's the actress who plays Wanda Maximoff? Kate? Elizabeth Olsen. She has twin sisters that no one knows about. <laughs> um, if you have seen Endgame, you know that it's weird that Vision is in this because Vision has been killed. Wait, what? What? You know, I didn't see Endgame. I know. So <laughs> your your vibes. You watch your vibes. <laughs> spoilers. Bring your spoilers. I didn't see Endgame. No Endgame watching spoiler vibes around here, motherfucker. We ain't having it. No. Get the fuck out, Jordan. <laughs> Girl, go make believe my own podcast. Uh, I knew that. Yes, it's strange that Vision is here. Yes. Um. The f- so in the first three episodes. It is basically, I'm going to call it an old-timey, old-timey television show that, yes, starts off in black and white, moves to color, moves to technicolor, and and they do a good job of keeping so certain camera angles for each one of the television series, um, depending on what decade it's set in, set in what it's trying to mimic, um, which is... I think pretty cool. Yeah. Episode one is very fifties. Dick Van Dyke. Episode two is very sixties bewitched. And episode three is very seventies Brady Bunch. Yeah. Um, so if you know anything about television and, uh, camera angles and lighting, um, that's kind of just neat on its own. Um, throughout you, you understand that something is obviously going on here. Um, that's not being hidden, but not a lot of information is being given. Uh, eventually, by the third episode, you figure out... I mean, it, it comes up before that, um, but 
if you didn't know by second episode, by third episode, the people who are recurring, the characters who are recurring in these quote-unquote TV shows besides Wanda and Vision are stuck in this kind of TV bubble, I guess. Yeah, I'm still unclear about who's designing to be in there and who is trapped, per se. Yes. So, the the sense I get, and I believe this is what they're supposed to have given us already, is that Wanda, for whatever reason, we don't know why this has happened, has created this very all-American dream life for herself where she can be with vision and have the life she wanted. Um, and for some reason, her telepathy and telekinesis has kind of exploded and created these weird TV show, perfect community type things and has trapped some people in it with her and they can't get out. Um, but this is, being, anytime, this is being monitored. Yes, by, by Sword. Sword, who I believe this is the first appearance of that org. Yes, in the MCU, Sword is the yes. more extraterrestrial, um, paranormally side branch to Shield. At least in the comics, anyway. Anything I say is coming from the comics. All is subject to change. Um, yeah, Sword is like I don't know what it stands for but it's it's basically i think this was a joss whedonism from astonishing x-men back in the day where it's like if they're shield they're sword um and they deal with the not easily explained mm-hmm. you know they, they deal with the dr strangey type stuff and given that that seems to be the direction that most of the greater mcu is heading in going forward into phase whatever we're in now phase four is that where we're going um i believe so where Doctor Strange will be coming out, the next Thor movie, multiversal, Spider-Mans, things like that. This may all be getting set up in WandaVision. And for comic nerds, you also, going into this, I'm only bringing this up because you said, like, telekinesis. Like, the Scarlet Witch is one of the most befuddling characters in <laughs> Marvel Comics. Like, what even yeah. is she? Like, what What can she do? Anything you want. Yeah. Comics is she's her and Quicksilver are still siblings. Um yep. children of Magneto. Actual children of Magneto. Yep. Can't do that in MCU because we don't have mutants there yet. Or will we? I don't know. Because the major comic arc that they're kind of playing with here and that most people have pointed to is this story that Bendis wrote back in the day. One of the last things I was still kind of like really active in comics to pay attention to was this storyline called House of M, where after the trauma of her kids being unmade, because she made her kids Mm -hmm. with magic or reality altering hex powers whatever you want to call them like in the in the, in the movies she just kind of makes jazz hands and red stuff happens and goes zap like that's <laughs> yeah she in the movie she messes with people's heads and can lift things and do red magic yes in the comics everyone is kind of like and this was kind of alluded to in civil war as well where it's like everyone is terrified of her because she can just be like you know what? You don't exist anymore. Poof. And you disappear. Like, yeah, that's the level we're dealing with. And house of M ended where she had basically made this second world where she was low key trying to give everybody what they wanted. So she had their kids. She basically remade the world. So she had her kids. Magneto was like, mutants were like super powerful and like ruling in Genosha. Uh, Spider-Man was Peter Parker was married to Gwen Stacy. Like all this, all this type of jam. Ultimately, it all comes crashing down, whatever. And I think Magneto might have killed Pietro in that, or like smacked him with a rock or something. And in her despair, Wanda says one of the three most famous words in the history of Marvel Comics of the last like 50 years, no more mutants. She's like, everything you've done, every hurt you've given us has been for this mutant cause, so fuck it, no more mutants. Zap. And... 90% of the mutants in the Marvel Universe went bye-bye. 
75% of those mutants are all back now because it's comics, but... <laughs> but at the time, this was, like, super unbelievable. So that's kind of the remaking the world into what you want it to be. Some people are noting that this may be a, you know, MacGuffin that lets them bring the Fantastic Four, which we already know are coming back, bring back the Fantastic Four, or mutants into the MCU proper. Let's get everybody back under the same bridge again. And by the end of episode three of WandaVision, it's super apparent as well with a nice little trick of like, like Kate said, they play with camera angles and shots and things like that. And even aspect ratios. Cause you see the shot kind of widen out and go widescreen yeah. as um, the Monica Rambo character who is going by the name Geraldine and nobody knows the other characters in the sitcom besides Wanda and vision don't know where she came from. She sort of gets expelled from the world that Wanda has created. And one of what I thought was one of the best scenes in the show thus far, um, she kind of gets ejected into the IRL real world. Um, So yeah, it's pretty apparent by the end of episode three, that this is something, some sort of simulacrum that she has created. And they've taken their, they've taken their time showing it. Like, is that, is that that a good thing? Is that a good thing though? Are you into that? Um, it's very, as a person who likes to solve puzzles, it is very hard for me to go week to week, but if it wasn't week to week, I literally would have already watched it and stopped talking about it. So I know why Disney has, is doing it week to week. It's, it's very smart of them. Um, and it does make us talk about it and it makes me think about it. And it makes me think like, are these babies real? And and what are they made up of? And like, will she lose them? Like, there's just a lot of questions. Um, how did Monica Rambo get in? Um, or Geraldine? Um, so, and I want to see, and I, I'm looking out in the episodes for things that are not quite right. Um, I love the little commercials that they do. Yes, there's I a, think that's a nice there's touch. There's a commercial break in every, in every episode, usually for some sort of Hydra related um, <laughs> lifestyle accessory. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really, I, I do like what they're doing. It's, it's so hard because it's, it feels so slow, um, because of how they're doing it and what they're doing and how we're so used to instant gratification now. I, but I don't, Um, I don't think my, my, hmm, with the pace has less to do with the week to week and just like the commitment to to the sitcominess doesn't mm-hmm. pay off enough for me. Maybe that's my problem. I can't let it slow burn as much as it wants to. Yeah, no, I, I feel that because there are moments where I'm like, yeah, no, 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 we get it. I want to know yeah. what's going on. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yeah, 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 no, you guys have done a great job. Good job with the Technicolor. Like, let's well, move on. In the first episode, like, it's so... And I've seen, I've read, like, Easter egg columns. I've been, like, like every single, people are reading every single little thing. Every number, the number on the phone number of the real estate agent of the house they buy, like, everything. Um, yeah. Is that stuff actually there or is it not? I don't know. I mean, I didn't fuck with True Detective to that degree, so I'm not, I'm not a big Puzzle Box TV viewer. I'm not going on Reddit for that type of shit. Um, but, I mean, I guess it's trying to straddle the Mandalorian, what we will call the Mandalorian line, where it's, like, casual viewers can enjoy it for this. But if you know this shit, oh, my God, it's a smorgasbord of... Yeah. You know, extra textual, uh, fun and fun and frivolity. But like, so in the first episode, it's so like sitcom What is this date we have circled on the calendar? We don't know what it is. Hmm. Well, what do you suppose that's about? Um, as she's doing the dishes and making them float in the air type of thing. And then there will be a moment yes. where like the vision goes to work, but he doesn't know what he does there. And no one seems to know what they do there. <laughs> um, but then that's dropped in favor of the, like, the boss is coming over for dinner type of thing. And then the boss yeah. chokes later on when he starts asking too many things. And Wanda's facade drops for, like, half a second as he starts dying on their floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, nope, probably shouldn't do this. It was that. Uh, they do that repeatedly in each of the episodes where, like, it culminates with this moment where the facade cracks, which yeah. is great. And I'm into those. Um, they've all, those all have all been executed very well, but like, like you said, we get it. If if it's a 25 minute show or 27 minute show and it takes 24 of those minutes to get to that, like we get it up to that point. Like 
the vision swallowed gum. Whoop-de-doop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that was really funny. I mean, it gives, uh, it gives Paul Bettany a chance to, like, you know, larf it up, but... But I want to know more about S.W.O.R.D., and I want to know more about what they're doing, and I want to know more about Monica Rambeau, and I want to, like... And S.W.O.R.D. is Sentient Weapon Observation Response Division. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Um, I want to know why those people are stuck and how it all starts to crumble and why is it there in the first... Like, I have so many questions by the third episode that, yes, I am invested, and I am going to watch every single one of them as soon as they drop. Um, but... I, yeah, it's taking a little while. And from the trailers, you can see there is more real-world stuff. You see shots of, like, you know, Randall Park from Fresh Off the Boat, who is, I don't know who he's playing, but you can, I believe that's the voice Wanda hears on the radio at some point. And he says, Wanda, who did this to you? Which suggests that yeah. also this is something that's being done to her and not something she has just done herself. And what are their ends? And... I hope I'm okay. When all is said and done, I hope I'm okay with the like meticulous throat clearing we have done for these first three episodes. It feels like shit's going to ramp up in the next one. Um, and I feel like everything we've seen from like the trailers and stuff probably only goes to about episode four or five, which yeah. will probably means there's like four or five episodes on the back end that like nobody really has any idea what's coming. Mm -hmm. So that's when. When we get to that point, we may want to be, this is going to be our Mando show, right? We're going to give little brief updates on our viewing of it every week, probably till it's done. So, And I'm wondering about things like, like, do they, are they going to try and like put some Mephisto stuff in? Like, I just don't know, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, they're it, deep divers in a way, right? They pull things out that people haven't heard or seen for a long time, or don't know about. Um, and that's kind of the great thing I like about Marvel, is that the movies can sort of pull from this really vast resource of interesting stories. Um, so yeah, I just, there's so much I want to know. And also, I love the title, because we know how much I love Double Entendres. You're going to love the portmanteau every once in a while. And also, it's like a triple entendre, but we can get into that some other time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but if, you, if you're if you missing a traditional Marvel-type experience, I don't know that you're fully satisfied with this. I'm enjoying no. it probably more than I've enjoyed standard downtown Atlanta smash-em-ups. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's not your jam... Oh, sorry. If, if that's if, not your jam... If that is your jam... Watched. If that is your jam, I don't know that WandaVision is scratching the itch for you. Like, you need it to be scratched. But Which if, if, you know, if WandaVision is not your jam, just watch the second season of um, Daredevil, which I haven't finished watching. Or the third season of Daredevil. Or the third, definitely haven't watched the third season of listen, Daredevil, but listen. apparently there are some really good parts. Pardon, pardon the phrasing, but Feige's really been, you know, dick-teasing me lately with talking about the Marvel Netflix shows. People keep asking him about him, and he's like, nothing saying they couldn't, motherfucker. <laughs> Let's go. I want, my, I want my third season Luke Cage. You know what? We need this, okay, Faye? <laughs> we, we're going to be in lockdown for a year. A year. As we are recording, it is the first anniversary of a documented COVID-19 case in Ontario. That's how long. That's how long this shit's been going on. Yeah, and by the time everyone gets vaccinated and things start getting back to normal, it's going to be a year, at least, until we can, like, leave the house normally. I'm having dreams about Japan, all the stuff I bought for that trip. I'm noticing the signs of wear on, you know, like the shoes I bought are starting to get worn through because I just started wearing them because I didn't go to Japan. Why are you wearing Japan shoes? Because they're so comfy. Shouts to New Balance. But you know what? You know what? That just means that you've, like, got a really good pair of, like, you, you know, you've got a really good worn pair and you know that it'll, they'll work well. Which yeah. just means you can just buy another pair by the time you go to Japan. They won't be this color, though. I can't get this color away anymore. Anyway, that's not about, that's not, that's not about WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is about WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> and the worlds that we create for ourselves. Wow. Look at you tying it back. This is a smooth 7.5 for your mans. With an, with an asterisk knowing it's probably going to go up to an 8. 
if not higher yeah. by the time it's done. But these three episodes, it's a 7.5. Uh, I think it's an 8 for me. Fair. Like I said, I got no, I got no reason. It's just my only thing is the pacing. When it's weird, I really like the weirdness, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> when, I just, when, I, when Monica Rambo in uh, in or Geraldine in the third episode, uh, like Pietro comes up and she's like, "He was killed by Ultron, wasn't he?" You could just feel the oh fuck, like yeah. enter the scene, like this isn't going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And that actress does a great job of flipping back and forth between like right. trying to figure out what's going on and being like, "What? I don't know what you're talking about," and just like straight Pietro. up. Yeah. Also, justice for Sokovia. Thanks for remembering that we dropped a country <laughs> from the stratosphere in fucking Age of Ultron. Also, Chris and I. Oh, Chris and I just rewatched Age of Ultron. How was that? It was actually better than I remembered. Really? Yeah. Like we, because I can fast forward because it's not in theaters. <laughs> I just fast forward the um, the Black Widow I and was Banner parts. <laughs> you know, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> And it was an amazing movie. <laughs> yeah. Talk about unnecessary romance in movies. Kate out here seeing Kate out here making sure that Spader gets his due. He was we we honestly we taught we kept on stopping the movie to talk about like Spader was a great casting decision because <laughs> he you needed someone who could match like the Tony Stark like wit and banter. Um, and because Ultron is kind of like part of Tony and anyways, it, they just did a really good job. You should rewatch it and just skip over the banner and Black Widow parts. That's an a, a 8.5 for Kate's edit of Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Snyder cut. You want the, you want the McKinnon cut of Age of Ultron. That's what we really want. Seriously. Seriously. We'll get it. We'll get her to time code that for you. We'll throw it on Twitter, <laughs> which you can find at twitter.com slash geekdownpod. If you've got any. Look at that I have to tell you. After 230 episodes, you think I'd have this down by now. That's where you can reach us. Friends, WandaVision's on the Disney Plus, if you're interested in watching that with us going forward. Or, if you want to switch it over to Netflix, if you're like, Jordan, all I got is Netflix. Fear not, friends. As we coming back next week, for a dip through the expanded universe of a franchise I didn't think had enough material to really merit an expanded universe, but it does. <laughs> Gonna get into some Cobra Kai next week, y'all. I'm actually really excited. I think you should be. Do you want to know one of the reasons I'm really excited? Hmm. Because senior correspondent Chris, like, grew up on television. Like, his brain, just there was, like, a wire straight to the back of the t- TV. He has never seen the Karate Kid. What? Wow. Has he seen 1986 Transformers, the movie, <laughs> like 17,000 times? He has. He knows all the words and lyrics to all the songs. Um, well, Caitlin, has he seen? Caitlin, yeah. he's got the touch yeah. and he he's has got- the power. Yes, he does. He was trying to convince me to do that for our wedding song. And I told him no. No, we're not doing good, that. Good girl. Please stop talking. To good me. girl. Please stop talking to me. It was a joke, but it was still offensive. Um, Never see me but, close a live stream faster. <laughs> uh, but um, he has never seen the Karate Kid, which I I could not believe because it seems like just like right up his alley. So you're gonna, you gonna do I'm a rewatch? Going, doing a rewatch before you of get? Course, it? Nice. Of course, of course, I'm gonna do a rewatch. I don't know how that will make Cobra Kai. Um, feel because I know I have absolutely no reference point for that that show. If you um, if you so. are like just re- we're gonna we're starting to talk starting the Cobra Kai discussion now. But <laughs> all I'm gonna say is like if you your enjoyment or how you feel about Cobra Kai coming off a fresh rewatch of Karate Kid, it, it'll, your mind will probably be blown in like a lot of the best ways. But okay, should I watch Karate Kid one and two? I think, like, with some of these shows where it's, like, I, I, have, I have no comparison, but you know when, like, like a show reboots something and then season two, like, moves on to the next movie? That's kind of what happens a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. But you don't you don't have to. I mean, if you're feeling... Because I, I remember liking the second one, but I was also, like, 11 when I saw the second one, I so... Have, I have seen nods to the second one, but, I mean, it depends how far 
you go in the first season. But, okay. I mean, if you, if you keep it to the rule of three, no, you shouldn't need any of that. Do I think you'll probably blow past the rule of three? Yes, but we can talk about really? that next week. All right. All right. I am very excited for this. Maybe we should talk about what we're watching the next week more often. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like when we prepare more, the show is better. Right? Maybe I should take more drugs. Like, there are so many questions to be yeah, answered. Please re-up your caffeine pills before we come back next week. Friends, I'm as excited about that as you will be, I'm sure. We hope you, it'll be a surprise for you as much as it is for me when you come back next week, which we hope you do, friends. We thank you so much for spending an hour of your week with us. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon, and the theme song is by Rob Gasser. And join us next week for... An especially fabulous episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up!